The Trouble with Being a Demon. Part 1 of the Fiends with Benefits series. A Good Omens Fic, written by Verdant Valpis, read by Literarian. Chapter 21 Escape at Once You're sure it's safe to drink with this dove? Crowley asked, even though it was already two or three large strings too late. Anthony shrugged, grinning maniacally, and lit some more resin. The sitting room was already dim with smoke from the incense, and Crowley heard himself laughing like it was coming back to him from a distance. Was he laughing? He looked down at his whiskey glass. It was empty, and there was a substantial amount of liquid now soaking into his shirt. Yeah, booze! Anthony wailed mournfully, his face-splitting grin dissolving into horrified grief at Crowley's loss. The darker demon collapsed into a heap on the floor and started crawling towards the whiskey bottle on the table. Crowley eyed the distance between them. It was too vast. He wasn't going to make it. So right, mate, he called. Isn't worth it. I can do it, Anthony insisted like a madman. Crowley watched, rapt, as Anthony struggled up the table, so brave, and they both screamed in victory when his fingers curled around the bottle. With Herculean effort, Anthony hurled himself back to the rugged floor and wriggled his way back. Crowley dropped his glass and reached his arm out for his friend, shouting encouragement. Finally, finally, Anthony was nearly there, reaching out, their fingertips barely touching... Yes! Crowley snagged Anthony's hand and hauled the other demon up until he sprawled across his lap. Lemon yellow eyes stared up at him, the grin back in place, sharp and giddy. Anthony took a moment to catch his breath before asking the impossible. Where's your Glasgow? Don't know, Crowley admitted getting a little distracted now by Anthony's panting and squirming over his lap. Scone. Share the bubble? Smart. Anthony smiled. Help me up. Crowley interrupted Anthony's plea for assistance with his lips. He lifted him enough that he could rearrange his long legs to straddle Crowley, eagerly returning the kiss and rutting against his hips. Crowley moaned, dragging his fingers through soft black hair. The bottle fell to the cushion beside them, forgotten for now. This was sweeter, though. He was achingly hard, and the smoke made every touch more intense. Anthony's tongue moving against his sparked with lust and magic. He gripped the hair in his fist tighter, swallowing Anthony's moan. That was good. He wanted more. He dropped one hand between their bodies and rubbed the demon's erection through his trousers. Anthony's moans were delicious and Crowley opened his mouth wider in hopes of catching every single one. But just as things started to get really good, Anthony pulled away. Crowley squinted up at him, betrayed. <laughs> we got a Get upstairs, Anthony mumbled, taking Crowley's hand as he tried to slide off his lap. Crowley shook his head and used their joint hands to yank Anthony back down. 
won't ever make it, Crowley told him, leaning up to scratch his teeth along the demon's carotid. Anthony shuddered and melted against him with a whine. We got to, he groaned, struggling wonderfully against Crowley's erection for a moment, before finally seizing Crowley's face between his hands so they could stare into each other's eyes. We gotta get upstairs, Red, he said urgently. There's things we can... He trailed off, screwing his face up in concentration. There's things, he finished decisively, and fuck if that didn't sell the whole situation. Things, right, Crowley agreed. This was very important. They'd get upstairs or they would die trying. I believe that's the last crepe, Aziraphale told his counterpart, tossing the torn bits of pastry into the bin. Zira nodded absently, stormy eyes surveying the damage still before them. The demon's wrath had left its mark. There were splatters of berry compote, cream, syrup and butter everywhere. It was a horrible waste of excellent food, which in Aziraphale's eyes was more than bad enough. But the vexatious fiends had unleashed hell in the bookshop. He and Zira had managed to rescue the heavenly texts, thank goodness, but the rest of the books... It seems like they tried to keep the destruction away from the bookshelves. Zira was saying, following Aziraphale's thoughts. If they were more sober, they might have considered the issue of spatter. Hmm, Aziraphale huffed. What makes you so sure they were drunk? <sighs> I caught a whiff of Crowley's bloody pine resin incense when one of the crepe portals opened nearby. Zira sighed. Aziraphale shot him a quizzical look, and the angel rattled off some details that Aziraphale would have found abundantly more interesting if he were less annoyed. Catnip, indeed. A twee moniker for something that apparently turned sweet demons into brainless criminals. Look at the lovely first edition of Moby Dick. Covered in chocolate sauce. Time was being extra weird, simultaneously feeling too fast and too slow. Crowley came crashing up the stairs with Anthony on his heels, then it was like being hit by a vat full of trackle and the process down was painfully slow. They finally hit the entrance of the main bedroom. Literally. Crowley failed to make the turn and smacked chest first into the doorframe. He'd have considered being embarrassed if Anthony didn't immediately follow suit, slamming his weight against Crowley, clinging to the back of his jacket to stay upright. <laughs> this works, Anthony purred into Crowley's ear, finding his footing and rutting hard against Crowley's ass, Crowley started to snarl a complaint, but shit, it felt good. Unbelievable, Aziraphale grumbled, cleaning the sticky residue off the spiral railing. He reset the sponge in his pail of soapy water and returned to work on another patch. How did they manage this much damage? Zira made a scoffing sound nearby on the mezzanine and miracled a ketchup stain out of the rug. 
They had agreed to take turns cleaning whatever surfaces they could the human way and saving their magic for the books and sensitive fabrics. Both were exhausting in their way, but it was agreed they should save as much of their divine power as they could in order to put it to good use when they got their hands on those bloody snakes. Aziraphale still had no idea what they were going to do, and he was dimly aware they ought to be careful about taking any punitive action, not least because the Crowleys might enjoy it, but they'd be no better if they let their anger lead them into crossing a line. The simplest answer was the silent treatment. Make it clear they were furious and hurt. That would no doubt cause Crowley more grief than anything else, a thought that warmed Aziraphale's heart and made him smile wistfully until he remembered that chocolate-sodden book downstairs. He immediately began throttling his sponge. Well, well, Zira murmured, causing Aziraphale to look up from his soapy murder. The angel was peering through the empty air, but the malice sparking in his grey eyes told Aziraphale exactly who he was seeing through a patch of thin space. Should I take you here? Pound you into the door, Jim? Again, Crowley started to protest, but instead pressed his hips back against Anthony's hissing. The truth was, he didn't care. He knew Anthony was trying to provoke him to struggle, to turn and fight, tussle for dominance. He should want that too, but... Fuck yes! Give it to me, he groaned, tilting his head back so Anthony could bite at his neck. He surrendered to the smoke and whiskey and sex. He didn't want to fight. He wanted to melt into a puddle of sensation and desire. He wanted to get fucked again and again again and again, until he was exhausted and wet and used, and then he wanted to get fucked again. He wanted to get wrung out, desperate and powerless, in the best way. Gonna make you scream, Anthony growled, then sank his teeth into Crowley's shoulder. Crowley whined, shivering. Yes, yes, yes. Get this off, Anthony growled, tugging at Crowley's jacket now. Crowley considered helping, but barely shrugged, suddenly dedicated to total passivity. Shit, Anthony cried, tugging Crowley back hard. Crowley moaned as Anthony clutched at him hard enough to bruise. Shit! No! He's got me! There was a faint shout on the other end of the portal as Zira thrust his arms through. He'd hit his mark, judging by Zira's determined grimace and the furious hissing that was now filling the shop. Sure enough, he drew back slowly to reveal his fists were balled into a wine-red button-up shirt as Anthony continued to try to wriggle away. The hissing was now doubled as it became clear Anthony was clinging desperately to Crowley and Zira was now pulling them both through. A moment later, both demons were in the shop, yelling and hissing and clearly high off their blooming gourds. Anthony twisted free with a loud whoop of victory before staggering backwards over the balcony, shouting parkour as he fell. Crowley froze in a crouch, likely disoriented to find himself in the shop. His wide eyes lit up when they landed on Aziraphale. He quickly scrambled closer, slurring some loose semblance of angel 
and Aziraphale felt his anger rekindled. How could they get so badly blotto that they would damage his beloved books? They were Zira's books, but that was a distinction without a difference. Before either of them knew it, Aziraphale threw the soapy sponge at the demon, hitting him square in the face with a wet splash. That ought to sober you up, he thought bitterly, but of course that wasn't how substances work, and now Crowley was merely high and wet and on the ceiling. Betrayal! Crowley cried down at him in perfect Middle French. Flee! Escape at once! Anthony screeched somewhere below them, although it took Aziraphale a moment to translate. It had been ages since he'd heard Akkadian. Evidently, the demons were far too plastered to manage much more than scurry around in a mad panic while forgetting entirely how to locate the exits. Anthony was now clinging to the drapes in the back room below while Crowley was trying to hide in the shelves. Oh, for heaven's sake, Zira growled. He passed Aziraphale as he jogged down the stairs. Antony hissed at him and climbed higher. Aziraphale could only shake his head, stifling a huff of incredulous laughter as his counterpart dislodged the yowling demon with a broom. He was fully laughing as Zira crowded his struggling husband out the front door, still threatening him with the raised broom. Out! Out! Zira roared, red-faced. Anthony was indeed ousted, his yelping fading away as Zira slammed the door. Bloody menace! Zira growled, still brandishing his broom. Where's the other one? Aziraphale cleared his throat, wiping away tears of laughter, and was about to point out Crowley's hiding spot when the ginger demon decided his best course was to attack. Crowley raced across the ceiling with a feral battle cry before tripping over the light fixture and falling into another bookcase before getting scooped up by Zira. Why? Crowley wailed as he was flung from the shop. There was a moment of peace and quiet as Zira once again slammed the door on the lunacy. Aziraphale surveyed the new damage, the broken shelf, the scattered books, the shredded drapery. I think perhaps bringing them here was a mistake, Zira sighed. Aziraphale dissolved into laughter again. They ran. Crowley had never been particularly good at running, finding it required an amount of limb coordination that was fully beyond him even on a good day. Today was not a good day. He kept tripping over his own ankles and nearly went ass over tit several times. Anthony seemed to be similarly confounded and pitched painfully into Crowley, sending them both sprawling against the rough bricks of a nearby shop. A flash of bright yellow eyes shocked Crowley out of his giddy vermoosing. He grabbed Anthony and hauled him into a nearby alley, suddenly feeling real panic. Ice! Crowley hissed. No glasses! Up! Anthony replied, instinctively bringing a hand to his temple, registering the lack of familiar frames. You too! He frowned. Shit! Can you make a magic up a pair? Crowley grimaced. That question didn't bode well. 
Sure enough, a snap of his fingers yielded nothing but a sharp echo against the buildings. The panic mounted. Yeah, my power's out too, Anthony muttered, glancing out into the street. Can't ever manage a proper miracle when I'm blitzed on nip. You knew this would happen and didn't bloody warn me, Crowley snarled. Oi, Anthony snapped back. We were safe and sound at the cottage, don't forget. How was I supposed to know the angels would attack us like that? That was a good point, and Crowley adjusted his ire appropriately. Yeah, what the sodding crab was that about? Less do I know, Anthony grumbled, easing closer to the mouth of the alley and peering around before turning back to Crowley with a look of pure consternation. Was a quality prank. I figured the angels would be good for a laugh, but obviously I was wrong. Aziraphale hit me, Crowley ranted, kicking an errant cat food tin for emphasis. Anthony looked terribly offended, which at least made him feel a bit validated. He bloody what? the demon hissed. He hit you? Are you hurt? Nah, what's a bit, Crowley admitted. Think it might have been a sponge, tasted like soap. You... Anthony shook his head with incredulous fury. You idiot! I thought we had a fucking crisis on our hands. Eat you with a sodding sponge. I'd say it was sodding, Crowley shrugged. Look at my shirt. He showed the wet spot off like a war wound. Anthony looked at it with a raised eyebrow, then snorted. Sodding, (laughs) he chortled in agreement and then laughed in earnest, pulling Crowley along with his mirth, until they were both clinging to each other in the alley, wheezing. (laughs) All right, we should sober up, Crowley suggested. Oh, we're always away from that, I'm afraid. Anthony sniffed, wiping his eyes. Better serve nicking some new sunglasses from the bodega down the way. Then figuring out what's crawled up the angel's bums. Crowley grimaced. Wretched. It was a good joke and we made sure to keep their precious bloody books out of the fray, so... He trailed off with a thoughtful frown at that, though, as the memory of their gleeful crapery came back to him. Anthony seemed to be frowning, too. We did, didn't we? Uh... Anthony began to pale. That wasn't a good sign, either. I mean, we didn't aim at the books. Please tell me we didn't. Crowley broke off with a whine, panic gripping his throat. This is bad, Anthony blurted, raking his fingers through his hair. They'll never forgive us. Mine's already saw at me for Satan knows what, and now this. We need to fix it, Crowley yelped. How do... How do we fix it? Do we go back? Do we... Do we run? We can't go back, Anthony told him glumly. We're still... I as... 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 Crowley scrunched up his face in concentration, trying to help his friend find an appropriate simile, although why it mattered was beyond him. As anything? 
right high as anything. Antony slapped his hands together, only missing slightly. And sloppy, right? Gonna make another mess of things, no doubt. Gotta hide out until we sober up. And then there's the... What's the word? The come down. This much nips, that's gonna pack one up. Crash. Crowley sighed. Oh, wonderful. Try picturing this mood getting worse. Worse? Antony looked confused for a moment, then barked a laugh. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. It's nothing like that. No crash. Demon drugs, mate. Not human rubbish. That's a relief. Crowley grinned. Huh. I take it you didn't have any luck either? Azira fell side as Zira met him outside the shop and ushered him inside. They had split up to look for the Crowleys once Aziraphale remembered they didn't have their glasses on and Zira told him they were likely unable to use their powers while so badly inebriated. On the one hand, the idea of them having their full demonic powers at their disposal while barking mad was a terrifying thought. The idea of them being powerless while barking mad and without their glasses wasn't much better. <sighs> They're hiding somewhere nearby, Zira sighed. I can't pinpoint them, but I can feel that Crowley is still in Soho. They've probably reverted to their serpent forms to hide in some shadowy place or another. Oh! Aziraphale winced, twisting his fingers nervously in his waistcoat. Snakes in the damp London shadows doesn't seem terribly safe, does it? Won't they get rather cold? Zira looked up at him, his eyes darkening as his expression shifted from concerned to alarmed. This is such better... Antony grumbled sarcastically, sliding in close to Crowley as they cowered under a dumpster. I'm not the one who snaked up when that blow came out the back exit, Crowley hissed back. Sights the angels will never find us now. It's true, Antony agreed. Smells bad, though. What's the worry you're having over the come down? Crowley asked, swinging his head to look at Antony in the gloom. Uh huh? You said something about coming down off the nip, Crowley reminded him. Before that guy spooked us, something about it made it seem like another problem. Oh! Antony dropped his head dejectedly. Eh, not gonna be much fun now that we're trapped under a dumpster and the angels hate us. They hate us, Crowley whispered, heartbroken. Aziraphale couldn't hate him. They'd just gotten together. It couldn't be over so soon, could it? But of course it could. Crowley could ruin anything in no time flat. And it made sense, if he was going to blow up his relationship with Aziraphale, he might as well take Anthony's marriage out with him. I'm sorry, he sighed, sliding over Anthony affectionately. So my fault. The crepes were my idea. Doesn't matter. 
Anthony replied, depressed. I'm sorry, Crowley repeated, slithering off the other snake again, dejected. He curled himself up by the bricks at the back of the dumpster instead. He tucked his head under his own coil and shivered. How late was it? It felt like it was getting cold. It felt like that should matter more, but he couldn't remember why. Why should a bit of discomfort matter when Aziraphale probably hated him and now Anthony was sad? Least I can do is say it. You were right. I am the worst Crowley. That doesn't matter either, Anthony pointed out grimly. All Crowleys are the worst. I can bring them here, but it won't do much good if they go ballistic again, Zira argued. Aziraphale was beginning to feel quite cross. Surely at this point what matters most is their safety, he exclaimed. Of course, that's my priority too, Zira gasped, offended. Crowley is my husband. I wouldn't jeopardize him for anything. That isn't what I meant. Aziraphale felt the word husband burrow under his skin and burn. He forced himself not to lash out on a tirade over it. It was more likely that Zira didn't mean any offence. Anthony was his husband, after all, and Aziraphale's itchy feelings about marriage were hardly a concern at this juncture anyway. Obviously. And yet there it burned regardless. Fortunately, Aziraphale was well-practiced at operating at tip-top shape while nursing any number of slights, be them his own fault or no. Zira seemed to be doing the same. Hurt bloomed in his stormy eyes ever so briefly before they hardened with conviction. They're not thinking rationally, and I don't want to have to manhandle them in this state. We could hurt them, especially if they are cold. Aziraphale pursed his lips and swore under his breath. He hadn't considered that, but the way they panicked and fled before certainly didn't bode well should they once again find themselves unexpectedly pulled into the bookshop. Well, there is one other option, he sighed. We probably should leave our snake forms, Anthony suggested weakly. Crowley tried to shrug, but he didn't have shoulders, so he just replied with a half-hearted hiss. He didn't want to go back to human form. His human form was just pointy and clumsy, and people would be afraid of his eyes. And he was tired. Much too tired to deal with all of that. Oi! Anthony hissed. Don't you fall asleep, he snapped. It's too cold. We're too cold. Gotta warm up. <sighs> Fuck off, Crowley tried to say. He knew he was cold. He knew he had to go back to being too tall, too loud, too red, too much. He just wasn't ready. Yo, what the fuck? He screeched as Anthony sank his teeth into his back. He reacted on instinct, immediately popping back into his human form. Except, oops. 
There wasn't room for a human-sized being to materialize under the dumpster, so Crowley ended up inside the flipping thing. He shouted a string of the vilest oaths he could think of as he struggled his way past all the old Chinese food to push the lid up. Anthony was just dusting himself off when he made the mistake of looking over at Crowley and laughing. <laughs> You've got noodles in your hair, Anthony wheezed. Crowley tumbled gracelessly over the edge of the dumpster, fueled by his rage. A second later, he had his hands around Anthony's throat and the bastard was still laughing at least until they felt the thrum of angelic magic. Anthony stopped laughing and Crowley stopped throttling. They looked at each other with nearly identical expressions of dread before they looked down at the summoning circle forming under their feet. That'll be for you, Crowley smirked, sidestepping the circle. Oh, you fucking bastard! Anthony snarled, swiping for Crowley, but he jogged out of arm's reach as the circle continued to fill itself out in gleaming gold. What's your plan, huh? Hide out here all alone until you come crawling back to the shop? Crowley sighed and hung his head. He should step back in. There wouldn't ever be a plan that didn't involve crawling back to the angels and begging forgiveness. They both knew it. He nodded and opened his eyes, in time to see the tracings of gold seeping out from the summoning circle towards him. Both demons watched in stunned silence as the angelic script flowed over Crowley's feet, and just like that, he was back in the circle, snuggled up tight against Antony. Antony recoiled as a piece of cabbage fell off Crowley's shoulder onto him. Looks like both Crowleys get summoned after all, Crowley muttered right before the circle reached its conclusion and they were taken from the alley with a melodious twang. They had decided to return to the cottage to perform the rituals. It was a more comfortable space for all parties and the bookshop had been through quite enough as it was. The Chesterfield was moved and the rugs rolled up and set aside. The kettle was boiling and windows were opened to air the place out. There was still a lingering scent of pine, but he was assured that without the smoke, the scent alone wouldn't cause the demons any ill effects. Zira concentrated on forming his circle, head bowed, and he wove his magic with expert grace. Aziraphale watched him, studying the weaves of golden light, the way the sigils fell into place. It was smooth and easy and gave the impression of something done many times before. Another hint at their storied past? Or was it more likely simply because of the way Zira and Antony's magic had blended over the years that made summoning this particular demon seem like second nature now? Aziraphale tried to prepare himself for whatever conditions the Crowleys might be in once Zira's summoning was complete. Zira assured him he didn't believe they were in serious peril yet, but Aziraphale's mind was running wild with thoughts of hypothermic serpents and his fingertips glowed with unconscious healing energy. What appeared in the summoning circle, however, wasn't two half-frozen snakes, but two quarrelling demons, both clearly chilled, judging by their shivering, but very much alive. And for some reason, Crowley looked and smelled like he'd been in a dumpster. 
Aziraphale immediately changed the healing spell into a cleansing one, cleaning his demon before the smell could further assault his nostrils. The spell also had the side effect of reminding both demons of where they now were, and they froze in place, curses cut off mid-threat, and neither moved for a comically improbable amount of time. Do you think if you stand still enough we won't see you? Aziraphale asked finally. I don't think it's working, Crowley whispered. Right. Antony cleared his throat and quickly smoothed his clothing and hair, somehow only managing to look more wild. First order of business, then, is... 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 He seemed lost and looked over at Crowley, who looked equally lost. Books? Crowley asked him. Books! Antony clapped his hands once in satisfaction before turning to the angels. Did we, by chance, sully any books in our little... our... You did. Zira answered dryly. Quite a number of them, in fact, Aziraphale added, feeling cross again. I see, I see, Antony nodded. Run, he shouted at Crowley, darting towards the exit and instead running face first into the edge of Aziraphale's demon trap. Crowley blinked as Antony bounced off the invisible wall and fell over. A bark of surprised laughter pressed through his lips before he seemed to guess he might be similarly snookered and began reaching out with tentative hands. Uh. The ginger intoned nervously as his finger slid over the barrier, keeping them in. What's with the demon trap? You two need a safe place to come down, and you didn't seem likely to stay put, Zira answered, gesturing to where Antony was sprawled at Crowley's feet. Ah, Crowley nodded. The fleeing, yes. Are you cold? Aziraphale asked. The demons nodded, looking chagrined. Zira fetched the tea anyway, passing them both a cup and saucer. They both drank it half down immediately. You put a splash of whiskey in it, Antony murmured with an almost wistful smile. You prefer it that way, don't you? Zira asked, bemused. Antony looked up at him with wide eyes, wet with brimming tears. You do still love me, he bawled, the teacup shaking in his hands. Aziraphale felt an almost overwhelming desire to comfort the maddening demon. Zira seemed to be doing his best to look annoyed, but Aziraphale saw through the charade. Crowley, I adore you now and forever, but if you think those soppy antics are going to keep me from being sore with you, you are sadly mistaken. It was Red's idea, Antony cried. I was just going to do the nip to calm down and then Red suggested tossing the crepes through and... Oi, what? Crowley snarled, rounding on Antony. What the... Well, you did... Antony sulked. I immediately went along with it, cause I thought it was brilliant at the time, but it was your idea. Crowley immediately dissolved into a slew of colourful threats and insults. Aziraphale sighed and pinched the bridge of his nose. Perhaps keeping them together is a mistake. He sighed, accepting his own cup of tea from Zira with a grateful nod. At this rate, they're likely to do each other in. Zira chuckled fondly 
and shook his head. <laughs> if they're at the candidly voracious phase, they'll be fine. This part is usually accompanied by bouts of sleepy affection. It felt like Zira's words were sinking through layers of soup before finally reaching him, and he was distracted with concocting a new Antony murdering plot. This one mostly involved creative and liberal use of a spade, but he forced himself to pay attention when he heard candidly voracious. Crowley held up his hands, trying to make everything and everyone stop spinning and making noise for a moment so he could just sort something out. Did you say voracious or veracious? Because I'm thinking either might be a problem. Veracious, dear, Zira repeated, smiling a fond smile that was just a little too wide. Crowley felt cold for a moment, and then suddenly much too hot, and he glared openly at Antony. He was about to scream at the other demon, but caught himself and decided to use Pitcant instead. That turned out to be challenging in another way, since the ancient war dialect didn't have any modern words. He did his best with what he could remember. This makes us tell them the truth. You can't do that out in the open, you don't, Antony hissed at him. Angels aren't supposed to know about Pitcant. It's a flayable offense. Crowley dropped his arm and arched an eyebrow at him. Anthony slapped a hand over his mouth. The sad thing was, Crowley still wasn't sure if that was because of some truth seramesque side effect or if it was just Anthony being a plastered idiot. Oh, I already know about Pitcant. Aziraphale revealed, at the same time Zira asked, What in the heaven's name is Pitcant? The angels glanced at each other for a moment. Antony winced. I don't understand what's wrong, he whined suddenly. Catnip's supposed to be fun. You make it fun. Zira corrected lightly, reaching through the demon trap to lovingly cup Antony's cheek. I told you several times when we discovered the writings about demons and pine resin. This was always a way for the monks to control and subjugate demons. It wasn't intended to be used recreationally, but you wanted to be creative. What? Crowley screeched. This was absolutely news to him. You didn't say anything but subjugation. You called it catnip. It was supposed to be relaxing. Well, I wasn't going to subjugate you, you twat. Anthony rolled his eyes. And the angels were gone, but they weren't likely to subjugate you either. Perfectly fine to use. Please tell me what kinds of drugs I did before I have a heart attack or discorporate your husband or both. Crowley begged Zira. Since the angel's arm was already touching Antony through the trap, Crowley took it in his own hands as he pleaded. Zira's palm was soft and warm and before he knew it, he was rubbing his cheek against it. According to the manuscript we found, the smoke of pine resin was found to make demons highly suggestible. Zira explained kindly, cupping his cheek now, and Crowley snorted a laugh before releasing the angel's hand again. I can confirm that's true, he nodded thinking of Anthony chomping on bubbling sticky pine gum. He'd been about to follow suit. 
As it runs its course, there's a short period where demons are unable to obfuscate the truth and after that comes the affectionate cuddling. Zira continued. Nothing particularly dangerous about it, except that I'd imagine any demons caught by its effect would have their reputations badly damaged. That would be the dangerous part, yeah, Crowley thought, shuddering at what would have befallen any demons who had happily done a monk's bidding, told the truth, and then snuggled. Shuts off all the overthinking. Anthony agreed, returning to sip at his tea. Just didn't like my thoughts this morning, so it was time to shut him off. Oh, darling, Zira sighed, reaching for Anthony again. I am sorry for how I left things this morning. I wasn't being fair at all. Was only trying to help. Anthony told him, and now both angels were cooing and reassuring him. What was going on? Your idea wasn't without merit, and I should have listened better, but I was being jealous, Zira admitted, watching Anthony rub his cheek into his palm now. Was that how Crowley looked? All blissed out and desperate? No. He probably looked sexy when he did it. Definitely cooler. Let me out of this trap, Angel. Anthony purred, pale yellow eyes smouldering with promise. I'll show you you've got nothing to worry about. I'll suck you down so well you'll never feel jealous again. Damn... Crowley whimpered. The other demon went from zero to temptation at 200 miles per hour. Maybe it was the drugs making him seem so hot, and Anthony was actually just making a fool of himself. Crowley glanced at the angels to see if they were rolling their eyes or otherwise dying of second-hand embarrassment, but no. Zira had flushed pink, Lips parted as he leaned ever so slightly forward. The holier-than-thouest of Aziraphels was fully entranced by Anthony's temptation. He really is the better Crowley, he thought, and smiled. He was smiling! Anthony's success wasn't automatically making him feel like a failure. He liked that Anthony was fucking fantastic at seduction. He was proud. This part of the drug isn't so bad, he mused. This is what people were supposed to feel when someone they cared about succeeded, wasn't it? Wow. Did he care about Anthony? Was Anthony his best friend? No. Aziraphale was his best friend. Could someone have two best friends? Best means best, right? You can't have two bests. That's just... greedy? He was a demon. He was supposed to be greedy, so he could have all the bests he wanted. So Anthony was his best friend, and Aziraphale was his best friend. Except that Aziraphale was more than that now, too. And were you allowed to fuck your best friend? He wished he had a dry, easy board to figure this out. Shite. How much time had passed while he was soliloquizing in his head? Couldn't have been too long. Anthony was still tempting Zira, and Aziraphale was watching Crowley with a peculiar scrutiny. Angel? he asked, resting his hands on the invisible wall of the trap. He wanted to reach out. He wanted to curl against that pillowy body and rub his face into his chest. He'd like that, wouldn't he? 
Aziraphale mentioned he wanted to cuddle, and suddenly Crowley saw the appeal. Take me upstairs, Anthony was whispering now. Remember Amsterdam, 1975? How? Zira gasped, and there was so much desire in Zira's last cracked exclamation, it pulled Aziraphale and Crowley out of their own silent communication. Honestly, these two and their weird little sex codes. All right, I'll bite. What was Amsterdam 1975? He asked, really needing to know what could make Mr. Pinnacle of Control make that sound. Ten hours or so of me eating the angel out so well, he finally agreed to let me start a riot. Anthony replied instantly. Zira blinked, spluttering and flushing red. Crowley! He snapped, turning away and hiding his face in his hands. What? The Crowley snapped back defensively before Crowley realized Zira meant Anthony and Anthony realized he'd said too much. It's not my fault, he cried. Voracious, remember? I remember, Aziraphale murmured. It was the first thing he'd said in a while, and both demons flicked wary gazes his way. I've been thinking about that. Particularly about the ethics of asking you something while you're unable to lie. Crowley and Anthony exchanged glances again. Uh, is this something you want to ask us, or just me? He asked with a shrug he hoped looked passable nonchalant. I mean, it's not like I've made a habit of lying to you, Angel. That's more your bag than mine, really. Aziraphale flinched, and Zira turned back to give Crowley a grumpy, warning look. We ought to unpack that another time, Aziraphale responded carefully. There is enough heightened emotion right now, what with the books and the pine resin. Was his books we made a mess of, not yours. Crowley reminded him, and this time it was Anthony who flinched. Maybe don't mention the books, Anthony whispered. Oh, we will discuss the books, Zira chided. But there isn't any point until you're both sober. In the meantime, Anthony drawled, offering his husband a coy smile. Amsterdam, he added hopefully. Zira snorted and briskly stalked off. Anthony frowned in disappointment, sliding down the trap's barrier to sit on the floor and sulk. Crowley preferred to sulk while standing and returned to staring at Aziraphale. Aziraphale watched his counterpart storm off and sighed. You know that I would feel an attachment to this world's bookshop, Aziraphale reminded him. And I wouldn't suffer any book to be so ill-treated, regardless of current ownership, so don't pretend you don't understand why your actions at the shop upset me as well. Fine, Crowley rolled his eyes. I concede the point. But you can't tell me you have some burning question you think I'll lie to you about and then walk it back, so just ask. Lies of omission are still lies, Crowley, Aziraphale retorted. Mm. Crowley stalled. He was very much on the fence about so-called lies of omission. He always told himself they were only lies because humans decided to call them that. He preferred to think of it as avoiding conflict. He was also aware that the alternative to omission was to directly lie, so the humans, and Aziraphale, 
might have a point, but he wasn't willing to concede again. Fortunately, Aziraphale saved him by asking his question. Why didn't you tell me about the letter from hell? Crowley arched a brow, searching his jumbled brain for what Aziraphale was talking about. The one where they say you'd have to blow Hasta for eternity if you ever got the score. Anthony supplied helpfully before slapping a hand over his mouth. Again. Oh, that letter from hell, Crowley muttered. I wasn't keeping it from you, Angel. There's nothing you could do about it, though, so I didn't see a point in mentioning it. Would only upset you. I might have been able to suggest something. To prevent me from discorporating? You're very powerful, Angel, but I think that's a bit outside your purview. Crowley scoffed. What, you're gonna keep me in the strap forever? No. Anthony yowled. I'm in here too. I don't know. Aziraphale cried in frustration. I don't know how to help. Not yet, anyway, but I could have shared the burden. How would you like to learn Gabriel was threatening me with eternal scribing under Sandalphon? Both Crowleys hissed violently. He did what? Crowley snarled. When? I'll bite his fucking nose off. Anthony snapped. When did this happen? Crowley demanded. Why didn't you bloody tell... Oops. Yep, I see what you did. Crowley's ire melted into deadpan humiliation. Was this also the drug's fault, or was he always an idiot? Aziraphale was smiling now, at least. Crowley sighed and shrugged in defeat. Fair enough. I'll tell you immediately about any future correspondences from hell, he vowed. Aziraphale nodded and Crowley waited expectantly for there to be more, but Aziraphale looked content. Was that it? That was the big burning question? Why didn't I tell you about the letter? Well... Aziraphale blushed now. I suppose I was worried you didn't trust me. I'm just trying to protect you, Angel, Crowley murmured. I've always tried to keep you safe. You have, Aziraphale nodded. He took a breath and then scuffed the linework of the demon trap with the toe of his shoe. If you wouldn't mind... I'd very much like to go upstairs and take advantage of this supposed period of cuddly affection you're due. Crowley felt his heart leap and his face almost hurt from grinning so hard. He fell forward, wrapping his arms around his angel, peppering kisses into his curls and reveling in the bubbly giggling that produced. There was a dejected flopping sound to his left as Anthony dropped onto the sofa and Crowley looked down in time to see the demon turn back into snake form and slide under the cushions. Crowley sighed and looked back at Aziraphale. Can Anthony join us? he asked. I don't need your pity, came a muffled small voice. Aziraphale blinked at the sofa and looked alarmed. And stop calling me Anthony. What on earth are you doing inside the Chesterfield, dear? Aziraphale demanded. Are you still cold? Not cold, Anthony snapped, poking his head back out from the side of the sofa. I'm sulking, go away. Crowley snatched the snake up by the back of the skull and pulled him out of hiding. It's not pity, you idiot, he growled as Anthony whipped around, flashing his teeth. I owe you one, is all. 
That seemed to silence the struggling at least, but Anthony stayed in his snake form even after they went upstairs. Zira agreed to join them and suggested the main bedroom for a cuddle pile. Crowley was more than ready for a nap, and sleeping between two angels with his best friend curled around his shoulders seemed more than perfect.